Hello, and welcome back to our podcast, The Boss Ravioli Queens. We are Boss Lady Amy, Nicole Ravioli, and Jasmine the Queen. And we are healthcare workers who decided we are going to spill all the ravioli on the ins and outs of working in healthcare. This isn't your usual podcast. If you came here for health and beauty tips, you're going to be disappointed because we are going to get messy. Every other week, we will feature a different topic that dives into the not-so-talked-about taboo and just plain underbelly of healthcare. We will talk about what it's like being a caregiver outside of work and all the struggles that come with it, just trying to be normal, everyday people. On that note, let's get messy. Warning, this podcast includes profane language, crude humor, mature subjects, and possible talk of bodily fluids. This may not be suitable for listeners under the age of 18. So, welcome back to another episode of Boss Ravioli Queens. This is episode three of three. It's our concluding episode. It is part of a really special three-part series, and this is Jasmine the Queen's Behind the Makeup. So Jasmine, give us a little background, please. So, a little bit of a trigger warning. It's just like, mostly like some issues I've dealt with, like family and stuff in my life. Um, uh, It's going to talk a little bit about um, some of my depression tendencies and the the things I had to do growing up with my family and um, with having a family member who was like kind of addicted to drugs and alcohol. So that's kind of the trigger warning. Um, I don't know if you guys want to ask any questions right away or should I just give more background? Um, I think if you want to just start talking, give some background and we'll think of some stuff. So it didn't start um, all bad. I I was adopted when I was a baby and um, for the most part had like very good life growing up until... um, more in grade school or whatever you start kind of like noticing like the issues between parents and stuff and my dad was an over-the-road truck driver at the time so he'd be gone for like weeks at a time and then be home like a week sometimes but even when he was home he wasn't always like home right yeah so um and then that's when around the time where you start noticing um the issues that my mom may be having with um, some drugs and alcohol. Um, I'm sure she had a lot to deal with too, but um, you know, as a kid, it's kind of hard to, to like see, not really have like a huge relationship all the time with like your dad and then see your mom go through like all of this stuff. And then in the long run, you end up getting kind of treated like crap because she just wants to do the drugs and alcohol or whatever so right well as a kid like you don't you don't think about what your parents going through you're only feeling how they made you feel mm-hmm. exactly <clears throat> exactly so I mean there was a lot of times that my mom would be so messed up that I would have to pick her up off the floor or I would get calls from, like, the police station, or I'd get calls from the hospital about about her, um, like, either being admitted or having issues with something, or 
or she would have gotten like arrested or something or she'd turn up somewhere but and my dad wasn't always there I mean he tried to do his best but like I mean obviously he was <clears throat> doing writing for the family so a lot of times my grandparents would come and get me while he's gone to well and I'm sure it was really hard for your dad too because it's mm-hmm. like I spend all this time on the road and then right. I come home and my lady is like right. passed out and I think that's like really when stuff got bad because I don't think their relationship was initially like bad or anything I think it's just it got to the point where like I feel like he was so fed up with everything too that he just checked out of the whole situation right. and then that left me to feel like oh, now it's basically my responsibility to try to take care of everything kind of thing with her. Because even when he was home, he would be, like, in his garage, like, working on different stuff or whatever. Because he would, like, um, flip cars and stuff and then resell stuff and or whatever. But then that would leave me to deal with her if she's whatever, you know, so... Um, so how does your background affect your like work so I think because of that background of dealing with stuff like that that really just did set me on a caregiving path for sure because it's like I couldn't imagine like anybody else like going through certain stuff and not getting the help they need for it So, I mean, I know it wasn't, like, initially, like, me doing, like, the drugs or anything, but still, like, having, like, even relating to, like, somebody who may have went through that with either their parents or maybe, like, the person I'm taking care of was was the drug drug addict once upon a time or whatever, and maybe their family went through it, you know? So. So how do you deal with that, like, if you have a resident who has, like, a pretty hefty background in drugs or alcohol use like how does what's your thought process um usually I do take my time with it because obviously when you do drugs and alcohol or whatever that much it does take a toll on like a lot of your mental and cognitive abilities too right so um I definitely approach it with no judgment because I do believe that being addicted to drugs and alcohol it is addiction it's a, a disease mm-hmm. it's really it, it, a lot of people don't look at it like that but I mean it's kind of like it's almost like a personality trait too like mm-hmm. you have you either have like that addictive personality or you don't like it's when right. you like find something that just makes you feel a certain way or whatever and you keep doing it I mean, it, it doesn't even have to be drugs, to be honest. It can be... It can be anything. It, yeah, it can be anything. Like, it can... Like, it could be sex. It could be food. It could be... Shopping. Stupid... Yeah, shopping. Oh, shopping addiction. Yeah. So, yeah those like, are bad. So it's not just, like... Drugs and alcohol is just usually the worst one because it causes so much trouble in your loved one's lives and your life. Well, and I think it's so widely misunderstood that people get addicted to, like, the item. It's like the item calls to them or something. And like you were saying, it it depends on your brain chemistry and if you have an addictive personality or not. Mm -hmm. Like, 
if you do, then you're more susceptible to getting addicted to something, and if you don't, you're probably able to pick up a drug and try it once and be like, eh, I'm yeah. not for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of times that it, it's been hard because after um, my parents divorced or whatever, I did stay with my mom just because, um, mostly because, like, my relationship with my dad wasn't great because growing up and um, basically coming out as gay, which I really didn't do until, like, in high school. Like, it was the kind of thing where, like, friends and stuff knew, but, like, I just didn't really talk about it with my parents because they just were basically against it. And... Um, after they split up, I lived with my mom, and there would be times that she would just get super drunk, and she came into my room one time and threatened to, like, beat me up just because she was mad, and then, and then she threatened to, like, beat herself and call the cops on me saying that I beat her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? <laughs> For um, what purpose? Right. She would expect a lot out of me a lot of times while I was going to high school because I used to, she would get treatment and I used to do, um, go get up early in the morning to take her um, to her treatment and then come back and drive her back and then go to school after that and then I would go to work afterwards after school so so really you had like four jobs yeah even though yeah so I was basically like I mean not it wasn't like all the time I mean when she was good she was good but like it felt like I was taking care of a lot more than I needed to at that age I should have been able to focus on school mostly And I shouldn't have had to have basically, like, working constantly. hmm So, did your mom go through, like, a lot of periods where she was, like, sober for quite some time? Um, yeah, she would do that a lot, where she would, um, not have the issues with it. She would be sober, um, for a while, and then, you know, you kind of, like, have that feeling where it's like oh things will get better but then there's like the relapses kind of thing or so I mean I still care about my mom it's just sometimes it's hard to like when she says stuff now when she says things are like getting better or things will change it's hard to believe her yeah it got kind of to the point where it's like I'll believe it when I see it Mm -hmm. yeah well, like, that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that you can apologize or say things are going to change as much as you want, but eventually people are going to need to see actions. They're right. not going to want to hear your apologies, your sorries, mm-hmm. your excuses, whatever. It's it's based off of actions. Yeah. Actions say everything. Yeah. Honestly. Like, at this point, I don't even want somebody to apologize to me anymore. I just, like, change your behavior. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. Right. Get better. <laughs> right. 
do better. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, touching on, like, your sexuality and things, um, I can imagine that it's kind of hard dealing with, like, some of the elderly population. Oh, for sure. Um... Like, how do, you, how do you really deal with that when you're at work? Because yeah. right now you're pretty much just dealing with the elderly population. Right. A lot of times I don't even really mention it. Um, I just kind of, like, I let them have their assumptions kind of thing or their opinions or whatever, and I just... Sometimes I just ignore it because I'm like, they just don't get it, which is fine. They don't understand. It's not something they dealt with really in their generation as much like it was around but it just they, it wasn't as abundant as it is now oh yeah it's always been around right yeah well that also like you're you kind of got the double whammy because you're also mixed yeah so like <clears throat> i can only imagine well i saw it with one of one of the residents that you and i both used to care for um, how she would treat you oh, yeah, versus yeah. other people and it was like a night and day difference and I was like mm-hmm. because why? Because why? Like yeah. he's literally here taking care of you and you're degrading him every chance you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah that was that wasn't fun and I've had a lot of um, patients or residents like ask where I'm from and stuff which is like usually a normal question I'm like okay I get it you know like you're just curious and like a lot of times I'd be like oh yeah I'm from this town or whatever but like then it got to the point where it's like they assumed I'm foreign like I'm not even from the US or whatever <laughs> and I'm like no I was born here <laughs> that's one of those situations where I'd be like do you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth like do I sound right. like I'm foreign right like nothing about you indicates you're not from the US right like you sat, like you don't have a foreign accent like that, that's crazy yeah agreed but yeah for my sexuality I usually just um don't talk about it too much with anybody when I'm at work. Um, I just try to, like, let them, like, have their assumptions or opinions or whatever, and I just um, take care of them. Um, Some of them usually don't care, but, you know, sometimes they'll make snide comments or remarks or whatever, and I just kind of brush it off, which kind of sucks that that has to happen, but, you know. That's disgusting. It is. It's so gross. Yeah. And, like, I know that they grew up in, like, a different time than we're in now, but, but it wasn't okay then either. Right, no. and still, it's, like, I don't know why you'd want to make those kind of comments anyway for to somebody who is literally trying to help you with what you need. Right. So. Like, I, that doesn't, the math ain't mathin'. <laughs> <laughs> it's the math, math doesn't math. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so, like, going back to your mom and kind of, like, how you became a caregiver, because you literally were made to care for her at such, like, a young age. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I guess kind of backtracking to what Amy had said earlier, like, how do you really deal with that when you have a client who has, like, dementia due to alcoholism? Like, how do you, how do you... How do you deal with that? Honestly, 
it is kind of like a trigger sometimes because like it it does make me think of like the stuff that I have to go through but at the same time it's like I feel for them because I do understand like how hard it is to get out of something like that Mm -hmm. and so I just I just mostly try to approach it without any judgment whatsoever because you don't know what exactly like put them on that path in the first place and then and then it eventually got to where it is but I just you know take it one step at a time (laughs) so basically you're telling us that you have empathy Mm mhm I feel like we kind of almost need to explain the difference between empathy and sympathy I'm not a very like I'm not a very like judgy person and like I mean I kind of feel for everybody right I don't like, everybody has their own issues that they're going through, and everybody has their certain stories. And Yeah. yeah. Well, something that um, <clears throat> the world in general today lacks is empathy. But just touching on sympathy versus empathy. Sympathy is, oh, I'm so sorry for whatever happened to you. Like, I feel bad for you. Empathy is taking their situation and trying to put yourself in their shoes. Like oh, well, what if this was me? Mm. You know, like trying to really understand what a person is going through versus, oh, well, I'm sorry that happened to you, but it didn't happen to me, so whatever. Right. So I have a a two-part question for you. Sure. So first part of the question, do you feel at some point your mom is going to get um, dementia based off of all of the things that she's done over the years? And if you do think that's the case, how do you plan on moving forward? Like, are, are you going to be there? Are you going to completely remove yourself? Honestly, um, I feel like she probably <clears throat> might. Um, I mean, she's kind of forgetful and stuff now as it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, currently, I mean, I kind of, but don't talk to my mom at the same time just because of, like, I was actually doing some, um, I was doing, like, an in-home care thing for her at the time, and I would help her out with, like, things here and there that she needed, but it got to a point where it was, like, more stressful on me and she would like basically take advantage and then and want me to do all these things but then would continue to treat me like garbage so you keep it very surface level with her yes so it's like i get i'll get messages from here her here and there or i'll like see her very rarely right now i used to I used to see her, like, a lot, and I would, like, see her almost every day and, like, do something, um, with her, but it just got too hard for me that it was, it was so centered around everything she needed all the time or whatever, it didn't give, leave enough room for me to manage or even live my life. Yeah, um, I, I kind of remember when you were going through all that. Yeah. Yep. And especially with all the stuff you had going on with work at the time, because you were in management at that mm-hmm. time. So you were 
you were trying to be like five people all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was real rough. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if she does develop it and stuff, I honestly think she could go now. But I would put her. I would. I want her to go. To like maybe some sort of home, just so she does have the care she needs. I mean, it doesn't necessarily need to be like anything big. I'd rather hit have be like something simple, like almost an apartment, and she has somebody like there. Yeah, somebody there like all the time to like, like if she does need some. Yeah, so it's like she has her private space with just Here like a are. staff. Yeah. Or whatever that's always there just in case she does need something mm-hmm. or whatever. Or at least part of the day, you know, like from, I don't know, like 8 in the morning to like 10 or something, you know, right. something like that. Would you ever consider being her guardian? Um, honestly, yes. I probably would because I'm, I'm already her POA and... Honestly, there's... Oh, we haven't... We did explain it. Kind of. So, it's basically her power of attorney. So, like, if she went to the hospital for some reason and couldn't make any decisions, then that would kick in for me, and I would have to make the hard decisions for her health care. The Guardian is very similar, but it doesn't go through... Uh, that that decision is not determined by a doctor. When you're someone's guardian, that decision is ter- determined by a judge through the court. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> and also, there's POAs for financial and medical. Yeah. Correct. There's yes. two separate there's sets. There's power of financial, which is POF, and then there's power of healthcare, which is POH, and then there's power of attorney, which is kind of a little bit. It's like a mixed bag. You get to make some decisions about both. And then guardians have the ultimate say. Guardians basically, the decisions that they make, there's no limitations on that. Basically, they get to make all of the decisions on that person's well-being. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, going back to that, yeah, I'd probably most likely um, be her guardian because... I mean, her family loves her and everything, but a lot of times they just don't want to deal with a lot of the stuff that um, she went through and, like, dealt with, and it became an issue for, like, kind of everybody, and I just ended up being the one stuck dealing with with it for, like, the longest time. Are they aware of all the things that she put you through? Um, I don't think they're aware of, like, every single situation. I I don't think they all know how um, much it actually was for me, Mm -hmm. but they're aware, definitely aware of some of it. Like, um, yeah, they're definitely aware of, like, some of, like, not only, like, emotional trauma or whatever but like it got to the point where financial stuff became an issue because I kept trying to afford to like move her here or there yeah or um find a better way to do something for her so it just kind of put me in a bad situation in my life then. 
Is she even aware of, like, all the things that she's done to you? Um, I don't think she completely is. I think she realizes, like, that she's put me through stuff, but I don't think she thinks it's as bad as it really was. Right, right. she kind of minimizes it. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> how did you deal with that, like, going from home where you were taking care of her to going to work where you were taking care of other people? Because there was no time to take care of you. Like, how did, what was your thought process on that? Honestly, my thought process mostly was, like, I work all the time. Yeah. I just gotta keep working. I just didn't think of taking time for myself. Was work, like, an escape? Almost, yeah. It did feel like an escape, especially when, um, obviously I was underage and still living with her work or friends or wherever was always an escape it was my way of just not being around her for the most part so do you still feel like you're under her thumb kind of not as much anymore now that i kind of um took the time to try to get that separation more or less it makes me feel a little bit better and a little bit like I have more control over my life. Right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> Make me fuck off right now. Stop making bubble noises. I tried so hard <laughs> to be quiet and Amy just starts smiling. And here I am with a mouthful of freaking water, trying not to spit it everywhere. And Jasmine's telling this beautiful story, and we're fucking terrible. I didn't try to be. Awful. Fired. <laughs> no, for real, though. Fired. Like, <clears throat> I have a lot of respect for you, you know, as, as much as you did for your mom when you were in that management spot, like, I felt for you. Because I was also in, like, a partial caregiver role as well with taking care of my dad. Mm -hmm. So it was it was kind of nice that I could have somebody to relate to. Right. But also, like, I really felt for you. Because it's, it's a lot. It is. It is a lot. It is. Well, and I feel like I kind of relate in the same way because you still feel, like, obligated to her. Mm -hmm. Even though... She's done, like, I wouldn't say nothing but hurt you, but, but a that's lot a to hurt you. Majority to hurt you, and you still feel like you have to help her. <clears throat> and I feel the same way about certain people in my life. And it's not a good feeling. And at this point, I feel like it's, like, I've tried so hard that at this point, I feel like it's better for her to be able to try and help herself honestly. honestly like it do you think of it as one of those situations where at this point she's almost more like a resident to you yeah sometimes it feels that way that's how I kind of feel it, too it, it makes it harder because it's your because it's your parent yep. so it, it's honestly sometimes can be more frustrating than actually caring for somebody else's loved one mm -hmm. right 
I think that's something that a lot of people also don't understand is that even though we're caregivers, when we're the caregiver for our own family member, it is so different. Mm -hmm. So different because, like, if you don't really have the best relationship with your parent and you're taking care of them, like, that's hard too. But in our jobs, like, there's things that we can't say or do or whatever, but when it's a family member, like, those fights can arise again. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it's a sure. big thing. I've had definitely my fair share of screaming matches with my mom. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right. And, well, like, and that's like, something that we can't do. Right. And everything, it comes back out, like, it feels like it's fresh all over again. Right. And it, it for me, it's gotten to the point, it's like, okay, do your thing. Just, yeah. Like, you know, those people in my life, like, they're residents to me whatever do Mm -hmm. your thing go ahead say what you're gonna say like and it's sad it's sad that your family basically feels like they've become part of the job right yeah i guess for me like with taking care of my dad and stuff with with my mom um we didn't have a very like strained relationship in my adult life but in my teenagedom definitely wasn't great Um, so sometimes I kind of wonder if that's going to come back up as his mental capacity decreases. But I think, I don't know, I think we we can have a really rough time with my dad ahead, unfortunately. It is. It's okay. And I'm sorry for you, This is your episode. Don't apologize. I know, but that was still sad. Because I know. Because I know what's going on. Yeah. Same. Same. <laughs> and again, this is why I love you both. <laughs> like, God damn it. <laughs> We're privy to confidential information. <laughs> well, not that part. That's not why I love you. <laughs> well, that's... Because you guys are understanding. <laughs> and well... we root for each other. <laughs> sure do. Oh, God. Well, that's a little snippet of my life and how things started and went for me. I don't, unless you guys have any other questions, I mean... I don't think so. I'm pretty sure we covered quite quite enough in this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're going to need to take a little break, Skadoo, after this one. A little breaky honest, break. And honestly, like, talking about, like, issues that you may have went through with family members and stuff is honestly the best way to get through it because sometimes if you try to just bottle it all inside it just you're gonna explode eventually and it's probably gonna be unintentional on the wrong person yeah i mean i've said it before and i'll say it again like find yourself like-minded individuals especially if you can become friends with your co-workers try to because they're are there for the same reasons, most likely, and they're going to be more understanding than Joe Schmo down the street. (laughs) Well, I think that's all we have for this episode, so until next time. Wait. I'm interrupting for two seconds. We did forget to say in the other two episodes, and almost forgot about this one, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can always go to our Facebook page and drop them on one of our posts and we'll do our best to answer them or get back to you 
and I think eventually we might do a Q&A episode if we get enough questions oh, on yeah, there. Sure. Yep, you can always message us on Facebook. We do have our email linked, yep. so you can always email us. Check out the link tree. Check it out. Okay, now we can go. Until next time. Bye. 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 <laughs> this has been the Boss Ravioli Queens podcast with your hosts, Boss Lady Amy, Nicole Ravioli, and Jasmine the Queen. Thank you so much for spilling your ravioli with us. Don't worry, we'll serve you more next time. Until next time, go wash your ass.